Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. Your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is, it is, what is a Monday, uh, December 19th, 2022. All right. Yeah. All right. Woo. Guys, I'm going to start this show out by giving you guys a big apology of how sucky I am as a podcaster. No. Here's the deal. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, without going into the details of the work I do, people that know me know what we do. Most of the people that know me, we all work at the same place, so we all understand. But... Um, I'll say this, it's very hard this time of year, no, we're not elves and we don't work at the North Pole, (laughs) but, uh, the work we do, this is a very busy time of year for us, the next couple of weeks, and, uh, it's very difficult to muster up the energy, not, not so much doing the show, I can sit here for an hour plus and do a show. That's not the problem. The problem is getting information to do a show worth doing. I don't want to just get up here, crack open the mic, and be like, hey, blah, 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 whatever. Now, I do, I will start doing these get off my lawn segments. Um, I actually thought of one today, but I'm, I'm probably going to wait and do it just for the fact that uh, um, I want to do this show. I want to get this this ball rolling on this show. It's probably going to be at least a two-parter, maybe three, depending on how long we talk. Or I talk. I shouldn't say there's we's. Not just. But, <laughs> but um, nonetheless, um, so just bear with me. And, I mean, and, and I'm, not, I'm not really a whole lot worried about it, mainly because this time of year, um, today being Monday, uh, a lot of people, like kids, are out of school. Not that we have a lot of kids, I would think, listening to this. But 
kids are out of school. Some some people have date, you know, the week off, the next two weeks off. Some people are on they're on vacations and stuff. I don't I don't know who these people are, and if they're hiring at their jobs, please let me know. <laughs> but um, uh, as for me and uh, Christopher J. McGillicuddy, we have a lot of work to do, and uh, it's it's hard to get the information together to do a show worth doing without just listening to uh you know other podcasts and regurgitating what they're saying or talking about the main talking points and and another thing is this time of year is also a slow news cycle unless something major happens which is also a scary time because the news is so slow it has to make you wonder what are they doing you know what are they doing behind the scenes what's going on in washington that nobody's talking about. They're sneaking stuff by. Surely they are. Now, especially now, like in the House, since the uh, you know Republicans are taking over in January, surely they're trying to get some bills passed up there. But you wouldn't know anything about that because no one's talking about that. But surely that's a show for another day. So uh, as we get into the madness here, I just want to make sure you guys are helping us out here at, at Don't Tread on America by following us on our social media platforms on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker. That's uh, Don't Tread on America. And on Twitter, uh, the show's Twitter page is DTOM underscore 1775. If you want to follow me on the Twitter machine, it is PCGC underscore 1775. And then don't forget about our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. So check those places out. You can reach us at any one of those things. If you want to ask a question, give a suggestion, um, you know, it's more than welcome. Uh, the TikTok, pretty much what we do on there is drink. Um, we pretty much drink. No, we do drink recipes and whatnot. So if you have a, a, an idea for a drink recipe, uh, shoot it this way. We'll do a video, give you a shout out. Um, <laughs> interesting on a side note of drinks. So Chris has been searching for a particular whiskey. It's called the, the name brand of the whiskey is called Curveball. K-U-R-V-B-A-L-L, Curveball. Um, and it's a barbecue whiskey. And you're probably thinking barbecue. So uh, he, he had been looking and looking to the point where he was going to just buy it, you know, like order it online, but it was going to cost like, I don't know, two, three times what it was actually worth. Um, so Saturday, me and the wife were out and about and, uh, we stumbled into, we weren't in town. We were out, out of this area and, uh, stumbled into a total wine and more. So I'm looking through the flavored whiskey. I'm looking at everything there. Okay. What I got here? The girl works there, comes up. Is there anything I'll be fine? Yes. I'm looking for this stuff called Curveball. It's a barbecue whiskey. And there was, you know, it was pretty busy at this point, you know, customer-wise. And they were like, everyone just kind of looked like, what the hell? Barbecue whiskey. And she looks it up on her little gadget there. She's like, son of a bitch. You're in luck. <laughs> yep, it's right here. I said, like, shit, how many bottles? It's something they carry on a regular basis. I think it was six bottles there. I bought two. One for him, one for me. And that particular night was the, uh, was the D-Tom Christmas party hosted by one Christopher J. McGillicuddy and the executive producer. And uh, so, you know, I brought him the bottle. He's like, well, let's let's give it a shot. So we poured a shot each. 
Gave it a little, gave it the smell test. Like, it smells like fucking barbecue sauce. Really didn't have much of a whiskey smell to it. It smelled like barbecue sauce. Tasted it, and it was equally as good. I was like, son of a bitch, that's good. It was sweet. It, uh, I don't know what the proof is on it with the percentage of alcohol by chance. I don't know. But uh, it was actually <laughs> actually an interesting taste. So we're trying to think of some drink uh, concoctions to go with that. Uh, as soon as we do, they'll be on the ticker talker. So uh, stay tuned. Um, and also, guys, uh, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please do me a favor right now. Subscribe to the show. Subscribe. We this is show what two hundred and eleven I think two hundred and twelve something like that, I don't know. Um, we have a bevy of shows. If you're new to the show, um, if you want to listen to some tomfoolery and craziness when we first started podcasting, didn't know shit from you know head from a hole in the ground or whatever, ass from a hole in the ground, whatever the phrase is. Um, listen to listen to episode number one. Uh, Chris didn't talk much. Um, our our mic sounded like shit, and uh, the content was pretty good. But Chris and Chris was shy, and I was like, "Dude, they can't see you. It's just him and me, just you and I talking here. No one's no one's even out there." And uh, second show we did, uh, I thought it'd be wise if we drank a little bit, and uh, that got off the rails really quick. So that's kind of an interesting show number two. But realistically, getting to show five, six, seven, and move forward from there, the sound quality gets better. Uh, the content—I think our content's always been pretty decent. Uh, I think we have good stuff to talk about. Um, and the reason Chris isn't on the show as often as he was when we first started doing the show is mainly because when when we do a show, we sit here and talk about whatever we're talking about, and we give you the website, we give you the the Facebook or the TikTok or the Twitter or whatever. And we want the interaction. Now, we are starting to get some of that slowly. I mean, granted, we're still, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, a relatively new podcast. I mean, who are we? You know, I always say uh, just to do with a full-time job and a part-time podcast. I don't make one red cent from doing this. Um, this is mainly a hobby for me. Now, mind you, with y'all's help, Maybe it could turn into something more. And the best way to do that is subscribing to this podcast on whatever app you're listening to this on. And then sharing it. Sharing it with your friends. Uh, you know, we try not to get too political. I mean, obviously, we, we talk about whatever. Um, so I don't think it's a situation where you have to listen if you're a Republican or you can't listen if you're a Democrat or whatever. It's, it's not about that. It's about the fuckery of what's going on in this country and the things that, that they... That they are doing to us. And then, of course, you know, we drink whiskey. Mm. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. So, anywho, on with the show. Uh, but before we do, I want to tell you about our other sponsor to the show, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at christianlawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at checkout to get 30% off your purchase price. Uh, obviously, Christmas is in just a few days, so you pretty much missed the boat there if you haven't already bought from them. But you know what is right around the corner is Valentine's Day. So check them out at ChristianLawson.com. 
men's watches, women's watches. Get some for your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your mom, your dad, whatever. Whatever you got. Check them out. ChristianLawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at the checkout. Okay. So I've been teasing this this subject matter for a while. And um, beings, there's really not a whole hell of a lot going on in the news other than the Twitter dump. Oh, Twitter, Twitter. Oh, Twitter, look at all the files. Oh, like I told you guys the other day. Who cares? News of the obvious. No shit. They were shadow banning. They were censoring. My old Twitter is still locked out. So, whatever. Um, I'm going to get into something a little more interesting, or I think it's a little more interesting. So, obviously, we could sit here and talk about Bill and Hillary Clinton. And we could sit here and tell you, uh, I could read you the uh, Clinton body count. You know, 40, 50, whatever names. And um, the interesting thing is, is last couple of days I've been listening to other podcasts. And nothing mainstream, not, not like Joe Rogan or, or anyone like that. Um, what I like to do is if, if I'm going to talk about a subject matter, whatever that is, I'll, I'll go on Spotify and I'll search that subject. Okay. And the reason I do it is not to copy from other podcasts. What it is, is to copy from other podcasts. Oh, no. I mean, not copy, but borrow. Same thing. Now, what I like to do is go on there and hear what other people are saying about the subject matter. Like, oh, did I miss something? Oh, I have the same thing. Uh, and then maybe if they reference a, a an article or whatever the case may be, I'll look it up. You know, it's you know Sam Walton once said, you know, steal shamelessly. You know, from your competitors. <laughs> but I was listening to a podcast, and I and I really not. I don't want to get on here and bash podcasts because obviously these guys are probably bigger than I am. They have sponsors, and their production quality is pretty good. Um, so, whatever, whatever. But the thing that bugs me the most, and this would have been a good segment for the get-off-my-lawn thing, but I'm going to use that more for everyday things, not for podcast uh, uh, etiquette. But I, I am by no stretch of the imaginations a podcast professional. I've literally only been doing this for less than two years. Uh, prior to doing this, I never really hardly even listened to podcasts, oddly enough. So it interests me to listen to other podcasts. And like I said, not mainstream, not your, you know, I do listen to like Bongino and I listen to, uh, um, sometimes I listen to Tim Pool, you know, whoever, uh, Jesse Kelly, whatever. And these guys are professionals, you know, the professional broadcasters of some situation you know jesse kelly tell you i'm not a i'm not a professional whatever you you get paid to do a job you're professional sorry um these other guys probably i would assume have other jobs of some sort and do this kind of like i do do it as a as a hobby or maybe they get a little bit of money doing it whatever surely it's not their full-time job some of these guys and gals are probably uh writers for newspapers or magazines and then also have a podcast. So I listen to those people because they're not professional broadcasters. And I do that to see what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong. Um, of people that 
probably have the same uh, technical equivalency that I have when it comes to doing this. Uh, their research may be a little better, might be worse, might be the same. But the thing that bugs me the most is when I'm listening to a podcast, and it's a conspiracy, conspiratorial type podcast. Now, this show I was listening to is a two-part, and it was about the Clinton crime family. And they didn't, I only listened to it because I wanted to hear what they had to say. And they didn't really go down the path that I'm going to go down. They pretty much stuck to the Clinton body count. <laughs> and I've listened to other, not these same guys, but I've listened to other quote-unquote conspiracy theory podcasts. And I, ca I came up with a conspiracy theory about conspiracy theory podcast. That I think a lot of these conspiracy theory podcasts that you hear that are like professionally done and not by big name people just there but you could tell they're professionally done produced and and whatnot i think that is a that they are a psyop by the for the government i mean that's my conspiracy theory about conspiracy theory podcast not all of them but a lot of them um and the reason i say that like okay i listen to sam tripley and his he's kind of a good that tinfoil hat is kind of a conspiracy theory tinfoil you know it's kind of like woo, out there a little bit and I listen to it because it's interesting. It's funny, you know, whatever. But when he does a podcast, whatever his subject matter is, and he might have a guest on talking about whatever, at least when he and his guys are listening to the sh or you know, are doing the show and listening to their guest, whoever the guest may be, and whatever the subject matter may be, they listen to it with an open mind. And a lot of times whatever their guest might be talking about, you know, blows their mind. Now, I don't know if they're if they're overselling it or what, but nonetheless, they seem legitimately like, oh, shit, really? That's crazy. Not crazy like you're crazy, but like, oh, my God, that's, that's weird. Weird, wacky stuff. The conspiracy theory shows that I listen to when they're sitting there and they just totally shit on the conspiracy theory. You're not a conspiracy theory. You need to change your name to debunking conspiracy theories or something. Don't call yourself... Uh, the stuff they don't want you to know. And then sit there and talk about the stuff that they don't want you to know and then tell you you're crazy for not wanting to know it. Don't call yourself the conspiracy theory guys when you're going to sit there and shit on all the conspiracy theories. Don't call yourself the conspiracy theory, <laughs> conspiracy theory show when all you do is shit on conspiracy theories. You're not a conspiracy theory show. You're not a show about telling us about stuff that they don't want you to know. You're not that show. Because you're constantly just double-talking the conspiracy theory. You can't go on and do a conspiracy theory show about, uh, you know, JFK and sit there and say, well, we believe that there's no such thing as a conspiracy theory with JFK and that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone shit. You can't, you can't do that. You can't call yourself a conspiracy theory show and, and come to that conclusion. I'm sorry. Whether that is the truth or not, you can't come to that conclusion and call yourself conspiracy theory. You can't. I'm sorry. You can't. And and for that fact of the matter is they're coming out and they're still stalling on the releasing of the JFK stuff that was supposed to be released like eight years ago. And that was supposed to be released five years ago. It's, you know, and it goes to the thing of the biggest question everyone has to ask when it comes to JFK is forget about who shot who and, and if there was one shot shooter, five shooters, whatever. Was the CIA involved? Now, we did a conspiracy theory show called the, our DTOM Files are our conspiracy theory show. 
and we've done seven, eight, nine. How I don't know how many we did, but our very first one was de- was uh, our Deton files was JFK assassination. Go back, look it up. It was I don't know exactly when it was, but it was a few months ago. It was probably over the summer sometime. So just scroll back, look for Deton files. You could probably even just search Deton files, and it would bring up the seven, nine shows, whatever we did. And in my opinion, we hit on some good points on that show. And I brought up the fact about the CIA and George Bush, Pops, you know, Papa Bush. And Chris was like, eh. I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff out there about this, about this. And then when, if you listen to the Bush crime family series that I did, I talked about it again and how Bush was involved to the point where <laughs> like Nixon didn't want him to be his, his uh, vice president and so on and so forth. Go listen to those shows. But I, I'm not going to sit here and say we do a conspiracy theory show and say, yeah, I, pr- I pretty much believe it was Lee Harvey Oswald. He, he acted alone. It was all him. Don't go through the narrative of saying, oh, well, this might have happened and this might have happened, but mm, probably didn't. So I was listening to the show about the Clinton thing, you know, wondering if it was going to cross any bridges of what I was going to talk about. And, of course, they didn't. But they focus mainly on the Clinton body count. Now, I've talked about this time and time again. Uh, it's a real thing. You can go on Google, Google Clinton body count, and a Wikipedia page will come up, and it'll give you a list of however many names. And and obviously, it's a conspiracy theory. So they talked about a few names. And um, <laughs> like they talked about Seth Rich. Oh, well, you know. You know, the whole thing with Seth Rich was that he was, you know, he was supposedly the leaker for the WikiLeaks and the, the emails from Hillary Clinton. But, um, you know, we don't think anything. I mean, he was robbed. Okay, he was robbed, but he wasn't robbed. He was shot in the back of the head, but nothing was taken. To me, that screams hit. Now, why would Seth Rich, a 20-something-year-old, whatever whatever his job title was, working for the DNC, for the Clinton um, election, whatever it's called, campaign, get shot and quote-unquote robbed, but nothing was missing. How can you look at that? And, And not to mention the fact that he was linked to the WikiLeaks. Now, these guys also said that Fox News broke that news and then a few days later retracted it. Okay, whatever. If... (laughs) the fact of the matter is you have a person who may or may not have leaked something, right? May or may not have done it. The fact of the matter is he was killed under the guise of it being a robbery and nothing was taken. Uh, And it's not that nothing was taken and uh, (laughs) he didn't have anything. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he um, he still had a watch. He still had his wallet. He still had things. You're going to kill somebody under the guise of a robber. You're going to pretty much take whatever you know, whatever they got. Um, so, you know, then just like Vince Foster was another one. So Vince Foster, um, he was a... Uh, let me read this here. So he was the deputy White House counsel... Uh, for the Clintons, and he was found dead in Fort Marcy Park in Virginia outside Washington, D.C. 
An autopsy determined that he was shot in the mouth and no other wounds were found on his body. His death was ruled suicide by a five official investigation, but he remains a subject of conspiracy theories um, that he was actually murdered by the Clintons for knowing too much. So, um, I thought there was more to this story for Seth Rich. Now, he was shot in the mouth, but I thought he was hung. You know, so, you know, there's, there's certain situations where a lot of these things were, um, were, uh, you know, conspiracy. There were theories. There were conspiracy theories. You know, Mary Mahoney was another one. She was a White House intern who in their, who earlier in the summer of 97 was gunned down outside of Starbucks in Georgetown suburb of Washington, D.C. The robber entered the store and shot Mahone after she attempted to take his gun. He then shot two Starbucks employees and fled. However, conspiracy theorists believe, believe Malone was killed by orders of the Clintons. Now, the thing with her was same thing in the in the in the guides of the Monica Lewinsky situation. Was this someone that Clinton Bill Clinton was fooling around with? Was she going to talk? Was this a hit? Was it coincidence? I don't know. My point was this: if you're going to have a conspiracy theory, and I'm not going to get into the to the body count here, but if you're going to have a conspiracy theory and you go through these names, you can't sit there and say, "Oh, well, Vince Foster was suicidal." Well, how do you know that? Because he killed him, allegedly killed himself, shot himself in the mouth while hanging from a rope. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have ever tried to kill yourself by hanging yourself and shooting yourself in the mouth, but I gotta believe that's kind of difficult. <laughs> um, and, and the list goes on, you know, Jeffrey Epstein. You know, I can scroll through here. I don't want to sit here and, like I said, I want to read all these fucking names. You can look it up yourself, Clinton Body Count. But my point being is this. For you guys out there that want to do a podcast, and if you want to stick to conspiracy theories, prove, disprove, or ride the lightning on the conspiracy theory. But if you're going to debunk a conspiracy theory, don't call yourself a conspiracy theory show. That's it. Period. Point blank. Ranting over. Uh, on, to the, <laughs> on with the show. All right. So what I want to talk about is the Clinton body count. No. Um... <laughs> We're going to go down a different road here. Now, obviously, we've talked about the Clinton body count. We've talked about how a lot of times you've heard those phrases, the Clinton body count. You've heard um, how Bill was an adulterer, uh, Hillary's a criminal, all the things you've heard about. Well, here's something that a lot of people haven't heard about. And there's a not a lot of subject matter on this situation Interestingly enough, though, what I'm going to talk about, they actually made a movie about. So it's not as obscure of a topic as one would think. And what that is, is, and it kind of bleeds back to the Bush crime family situation. And what that is, is the Mena cocaine connection. When the Bush-Clinton crime family ruled Arkansas. So, um, the, uh, I, I talked about this, and obviously I'm going to have to talk about the Bushes again. 
it's not going to it's going to bleed into the Clintons. So just just stick with me. But the atrocities and crimes of the Bush family headed by George H.W. Bush are unspeakable and unimaginable in depravity and scale. Decades of war, war crimes and treason, global narcotics trafficking, money laundering, fraud and financial looting, mass murder, assassinations, the extermination of political enemies and whistleblowers, the absolute criminalization of military and intelligence agency, and the corruption of entire governments across all political parties. Devastation and violence in every corner of the planet, from the killing fields of Asia to the Middle East and Latin America, to the United States itself. The institutionalization of terrorism, criminal cover-ups, and the big lie. So, George H.W. Bush was one of the greatest architects of suffering the world has ever known. His New World Order, a criminal empire that continues to poison and corrupt, its tentacles still oppressing to this very moment as, you, as we talk about this right now. But, and we all know George is Bush. George, George is Bush. George Bush is dead. Has been dead for a little bit. Um, we don't need to mourn his death. What we need to mourn is his victims. Mourn what has been lost. Mourn what has been destroyed. Mourn what he took. Mourn the thousand points of light that he snuffed out. Let historical truth fully expose who and what the Bush family are and what they have done. Let the mainstream corporate media's desperate attempt to sanitize the Bush record utterly fail. Now, um, you know, when, when Trump ran for president, he promised to drain the swamp. And it's safe to say that George Bush, his family, and his legion of associates do not merely epitomize the swamp. They are the swamp. They are the deep state. And here is what the Bush family thinks of Trump. Now, I say everything that happened with Trump as president, go back to when he was running. The battles that he had with Jeb Bush. I've told you guys before. 2016 was supposed to be either Jeb or Hillary. Period. How Trump snuck in there, whatever. If Chris was here right now, he would say it was all part of the plan, blah, blah, blah. That's his opinion. I I believe to the theory, and the reason I say this is because of everything that happened after the fact. That they did not see him coming. Obviously, they saw him there. And when he won the Republican nomination... They weren't too worried about it because they figured Hillary would win. Whether they fixed it, tried to fix it, and I think they did try to fix it. I think there was collusion and Russian interference. I think everything that the Democrats said happened, happened. The only difference was they were the ones doing it, not Trump. Now, go through the four years that he was president. Investigations. Uh, you know, uh, impeachments. 
uh, PP tapes, steel dossiers, all this shit for four years. And it even continues now because they're so afraid of what he knows. Not what he may know, but what he knows. That they're making him out to be a crazy man. They're kind of Kanyeing him, so to speak. To the point where it, it worries me, and, and maybe this is just me being the eternal optimistic about, um, about DeSantis. Um, I personally don't have a problem with Trump or DeSantis being president. What I have a problem with is the push that DeSantis is getting from these people. Not just the Bushes, but the the main, the um, the swampy Republicans that are pushing and supporting DeSantis. And I'm not saying they shouldn't support DeSantis and that they should support Trump. I'm not saying that. It just worries me that DeSantis isn't the guy that we think he is when he's getting involved with these people from Washington. Now, is it a big work? Is this like a big wrestling situation where he's going to do a reverse Zabidad on the on the whole situation? You, one can hope. But I fear that's not the case, and I'm getting off track of what we want to talk about. So, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, George Bush trusted them with Arkansas in the 80s and with the White House in the 90s. And... He's trusting them with the marching orders again, although he's dead. You know, if Hillary Clinton were to have won the presidency, it would have guaranteed all the things that the New World Order wants to to be done, to continue and get done. Now, and with 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 um, shitty pants McGee and the with Biden in the. Uh, in the Oval Office right now, I think the path is is still on hold. I think, I think Biden isn't part of this situation. I think his path is going down a different, um, uh, different direction. Um, I think he's on his own, or maybe not he himself, but his his own individual crime syndicate. Whether it's something that he's controlling. Um, his brother, his son, or someone else, I guess that remains to be seen. But the Clintons and the Bushes have been criminal partners for more than 30 years. They and their colleagues have dominated the American government, the military intelligence apparatus, the judicial system, the financial markets, and the banks. Their friends dominate the corporate media and Hollywood, the shapers of the big lie. The endless repeated cycles and recycles of Bushes and Clintons, the endless presence of Bush-Clinton operatives in all positions of power is by design. The administration of Ronald Reagan, Bill and Hillary Clinton, George W. Bush, and Obama have been continuum. A line of succession over which George H.W. Bush's New World Order compatriots, including Harry Kissinger, the Rockefellers, and the Rothschilds, ultimately called the shots. In relations to their political appointees in all matters of importance, most of Washington and much of the world answered to them. So, the I- Iran-Contra, the family business, 
there would be no Clinton dynasty without the Iran-Contra. So originally coined Iran-Contra in reference to illegal arms sales to Iran in exchange for American hostages in Lebanon and the arms to the Contra freedom fighters in Nicaragua. The moniker hides the fact that it became a vast and permanent criminal business and political machine that went far beyond then-current political concerns. In, um, so, in a book called The Conspirators, Secrets of the Iran-Contra Insider, Al Martin describes the Iran-Contra enterprise that a vast operation that includes and was not limited to drugs, weapons, terrorism, war, money laundering, criminal banking and security frauds, currency fraud, real estate fraud, insurance fraud, blackmail, extortion, and political corruption that involved countless Washington politicians of both the Republican and Democratic parties. Iran-Contra, he writes, Iran-Contra itself is a euphemism for the outrageous fraud perpetrated by the government criminals for profit and control. Offhandedly, this inaccurate term entered history as a shorthand for the public scandals of illicit arms sales to Iran coupled with illicit weapon deals for Nicaragua. The real story, however, is much more complex. When George Bush was the CIA director, Bill Casey and Oliver North initiated their plan of government-sanctioned fraud and drug smuggling. They envisioned using 500 men to raise $35 billion. They ended up using about 5,000 operatives and making over $35 billion. In addition to operation became a government within a government comprising some 30 to 40,000 people the American government turns to when it wishes to uh, wishes certain illegal covert operations to be extent pursuant to political objectives. So most of the operations insiders and whistleblowers placed George W. Bush, H.W. Bush, as one of its top architects, if not its commander. It was carried out by CIA operatives close to Bush since his CIA directorship and even sketching, um, I'm sorry, stretching back to the Bay of Pigs. These included Oliver North, Ted Shackley, Edwin Wilson, Felix Rodriguez, and others. Iran-Contra was a replication of the CIA's Golden Triangle drug trafficking in Southeast Asia operations that were also connected to Bush but on a larger scale and sophistication. Greater complexity and far-reaching impact that remains palpable to this day. Um, in, that, in another book called uh, George Bush, The Unauthorized Biography, Webster Tarpley wrote that many once-classified documents have come to light, which suggests that Bush organized and supervised many or most of the criminal aspects of the iran Contra adventures. Tarpley further points out that George H.W. Bush created new structures such as Situational Group, Terror Incident Working Group, and etc. With the Reagan administration and that, all of these structures revolved around uh, creating the secret command role of then-Vice President George Bush. The Bush apparatus within and behind government was uh, formed to carry out covert policies to make war when the Constitutional government had not decided to make war, to support enemies of the nations, terrorists, and drug runners who are the friends and agents of this secret government. This suggests that George H.W. Bush, prior to his appointment to vice president, 
president, headed the CIA, not only ran Iran-Contra, but much of the Reagan presidency, then White House Press Secretary James Baker said in 1981. He says, Bush is functioning much like a co-president. George is involved in all the national security stuff because of his special background as CIA director. All the budget working groups, he was there. The economic working groups, the cabinet meetings, he is included in almost all the meetings. Hundreds of insiders, witnesses, and investigations have blown the lid off the Iran-Contra enterprise in an exhaustive fashion. These include the investigations of um, Mike Rupert from the Wilderness Crossing, the Rubicon, Al Martin, conspirators to some of the different books, Gary Webb, um, Dark Alliance, Rodney Stitch, um, where am I at? Defrauding America, Drugging America, Terry Reed, um, Compromise, Clinton Bush and the CIA, Stu Webb, Dose Chip Tatum, Tatum of the Tatum Chronicles, Pete Bruton, the Mafia of the CIA and George Bush, and Daniel Hopsicker, Barry and the Boys, the CIA, the Mob, and America's Secret History, among others. The accounts of Barry Seal, Edward Cotullo, Albert Carone, uh, Bradley Ayers, Tosh Plumley, Bill Tyree, Gunther Rasbacher, uh, Celerino Castillo, Michael Levine, Trenton Parker, Russell Bowen, Richard Brennick, Larry Nichols, uh, William Duncan, Russell Welch, and dozens more implicate the Bush, and the CIA, and the Clintons. So, as described by my, one of the uh, writers here, Michael Rupert, it stood and stands today, isolated and immune from operating principles of democracy. It is autonomous, and it operates through self-funding via narcotics and weapons trafficking. Um, it is, in fact, dictates a substantial portion of this country's foreign, economic, and military policy from a place not accessible to the will of a free people properly armed with facts. So, CIA deep cover agent pilot Chip Tatum, a key Iran-Contra player who flew drugs into MENA and Little Rock in Arkansas, worked along CIA, alongside CIA pilot and drug smuggler Barry Seal. Seal was one of the central operatives whose CIA career and work in MENA are detailed in Daniel Hopsicker's Barry and the Boys, the CIA, the mob, and America's secret history. It is believed that Seal was subsequently murdered by the Median cartel on the order of Oliver North and the Bushes to prevent him from testifying about his activities. Before he was killed, Seal provided Tatum a list of Iran-Contra boss hogs who controlled the drug trade, the Pegasus file summaries, Tatum's activities, and the features of the boss hog list. Bush H.W., uh, I'm sorry, George H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton feature prominently. So, in Arkansas, then-Governor Bill Clinton managed the Arkansas operation of con uh, conjunction with the Bushes, Oliver North, Barry Seal, and other deep operatives. Hillary Clinton was also a key player.
So from Rodney Strick's Drugging America, Menem became famous in the 1980s for the arms and drug shipping through the Western Arkansas Airport by the CIA. Other government agencies involved Oliver North, Vice President and then President George Bush, uh, Arkansas Governor Bill Clinton, and others who became involved in covert activities. My CIA sources indicated the profits from the drug sales are far exceed what was needed for these black operations. Uh, they report that most of the profits are hidden in offshore financial institutions, and much of these funds come back in well-disguised forms and corporations acquiring properties and businesses of all types. My CIA contacts describe Bush's heavy involvement in Central American operations in which drug trafficking constitute a major role. Mena, Arkansas was the key transport points for cocaine coming to the United States from Central America and weapons going the other way. The Rose Law Firm, for, <laughs> Rose Law Firm in which Hillary Clinton and Webster Hubble were senior partners, <laughs> uh, negotiated contracts for the CIA in Mena, Arkansas and helped set up numerous fraudulent CIA fronts for cocaine and weapons transit. The very structure of the Arkansas state government was altered and accommodated the enterprise. The Clinton created Arkansas Development and Financial Authority engaged in money laundering on a mass scale. Okay, so real quick. Let me let me break some things down here. Okay, the Rose Law Firm. You had Hillary Clinton and Webster Hubble. Now there's rumors that Webster Hubble very well could possibly be the actual father of Chelsea Clinton. Rumor. I can't prove it. Just throwing that out there because that is a rumor. Google Webster Hubble. Look at him. Look at him. Some will say that's Chelsea's daddy. But that's a story for another day. You can sit here and sit here and listen to what I'm saying. And say, okay Don, why Mena, Arkansas? Well, if you know anything about the Clintons, the, the, the husband and wife, forget about the body counts, forget about all the stuff. We, could, we can delve into the body count as to why some of these people die or had died. Um, and, you know, there was the, uh, the housing, what was it, Whitewater situation, right? And I, I'm not going to speak on that a whole lot because I don't know all the details, but essentially, it was vacation homes in Arkansas because, you know, why not vacation in Arkansas? And no, no offense to the people that live in Arkansas, but come on. Um, and I think Vince Foster was involved in that, or was it the McDougals? One of the two, I can't remember. But nonetheless, these people either die or they end up in prison, and then they die in prison. Anyone that has involvement with the Clintons ends up dead. Barry Seal. <laughs> Go through the list. You, you do business with the Clintons, and if things go south, you die. Okay? Is it coincidental that these people just happen to get mugged at a Starbucks or happen to get mugged while walking through uh, the park in Washington, D.C. or happen to kill themselves in a popular park in Virginia? Is it just coincidental that these people are involved in situations where they're either going to tell on Bill and or Hillary? Or whatever the situation is, 
falls apart and these people are involved and they die before you can spill the beans, before you can turn state's evidence, whatever. Why men of Arkansas? Okay, well, here's the reason. <laughs> Who's ever who who outside of Arkansas has ever heard of men of Arkansas? Number one. Number two, you already own the Clintons. So you're not going to get any, any grief there. And once again, like I said, it's Mena, Arkansas. How how what's the population of Mena? You know, five. I'm I'm joking. I'm sure it's bigger than that. But it's not like it was flying into like a major airport. I was flying into Tampa or New York or something like that. It was just probably a little pissant, local, you know, regional if at best airport. Who wouldn't have thought twice about these Cessnas and these small prop planes flying in and out of? Wouldn't have thought people in that area wouldn't have thought twice about that. And um, this goes back into the CIA situation. So you could say, well, what did the Clintons have to do? What? I don't think the Clintons necessarily orchestrated anything. I think, I think a lot of this was orchestrated, obviously, by George Bush and the CIA. Uh, and why is that? Well, you could fly it into Arkansas. It's centrally located. You know, therefore, you can disperse your drugs around the country to your major cities. Not that Mena, Arkansas was the crack capital of the country, you know, but, you know, in essence of the rest of the country, look at a map. See where Mena is on, on the map of the United States. It's literally centrally located in the country. From that point, you can truck, you can fly to all points of the country, and you're mainly looking at your your cities. You know, you're looking at Dallas and Houston and L.A. and San Fran, San Diego, Seattle, Portland, Chicago, right? New York, Atlanta, so on and so forth. And what was the key there? So this was in the late '70s, early '80s. Well, what hit big in this time? That time of in that time in this in our country's history, especially when it comes to drugs. And drug epidemics. What was big in the early to mid '80s? Crack. Well, what what does it take to make crack? Cocaine. You get the cocaine. It's getting shipped in. Now there's plenty of situations where some of your inner city drug dealers. I mean, hell. I mean, take take it for what it's worth. But Easy E from NWA, prior to being Easy E from NWA, was a drug dealer. Right? There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm not saying anything that people don't know. He is on record as saying, we get the drugs. We get this stuff. We we don't grow cocaine in South Central LA. How in the fuck do you think we're getting this shit? We're getting it from the CIA. Now, is it any coincidence that <laughs> to go down another rabbit hole in a whole other direction, is there any coincidence that maybe... That comment had something to do with his death. Well, he died of AIDS, Don. <laughs> right. Well, uh, what's his face? Um, shit, I can't think of his name right now. I just had it out in my head. But the freaking bodyguard, uh, Suge Knight. There you go, Don. I need to figure it out. You know, he was said to have said that uh, <clears throat> there's ways to make people think that AIDS was given to him, you know, sexually or whatever. So it's like called a blood bullet or something to that effect. But nonetheless, 
So obviously this was a good point for them to run drugs in. Low profile, uh, centrally located. You have a crooked governor and first lady, whatever. So obviously it made sense. All right. So I think what we're going to do here, because it's right, right out about an hour, I'm going to stop there. And uh, this will be part one of the, of something. We're going to call it something. Mena Cocaine Connection, the Clinton crime family. And then we're going to get into the Arkansas Connections and uh, how that evolved. And this is all back, like I said, this is late 70s, early 80s. This is when Clinton's just governor of Arkansas. He became president, what, 91, 92, right? So obviously, the things he did helped pave his way to the presidency by helping George H.W. Bush. And we'll get into that. And you think George H.W. Bush is like, well, who is H.W.? I mean, go back and listen to the Clinton, I mean, the Bush crime family. You'll understand what I'm talking about. And I, and I used to have the same thoughts. Who's Bush? Who is George Bush to think that he's this mastermind? I'm telling you, if you haven't listened to the Bush crime family, go, please listen to it. I subsect each title, so you, some might not interest you, but a lot of them are very interesting. But nonetheless, with that being said, guys, please make sure you're subscribing to the show, you're sharing the show, go to our um, social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Don't Tread on America. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's uh, DTOM underscore 1775. And if you want to follow me, it's PCGC underscore 1775. And uh, check us out on our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. And on all those platforms, whatever one you follow us, if you want to follow us on all of them, that's fine. You can message us on those platforms. You have a question, concern, you want to tell me I'm full of shit, whatever. Message us there. The website's probably the best way because I'll get that email and I can respond. Uh, or Facebook, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do. All right, um, so today's Monday, December 19th. I will be back Wednesday. That'll be the 21st, which will be the first day of winter. And if you guys are paying attention to the weather, and depending on where you're at in this country, obviously you're already in the thick of it. But down here in Florida, it's about to get real cold. Now you're probably saying, oh, whatever, dude, it's snowing here. we got 12 inches. I get it. When it gets into the 20s in Florida for a few days, it's cold. So... People in Florida, if you're listening to this, wherever you're at in Florida, pay attention to the weather. You don't think it's probably not going to snow, more than likely. But 20 degrees is cold. So pay attention to your cold weather preparation, so to speak. You, you know, pipes will freeze. Florida is not designed. Your houses are not built to withstand cold for long periods of time. This weekend coming, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I think into Tuesday, it's going to be in the 20s every day, and the highs are only in the 40s. That's cold. Okay? And that's extremely cold for Florida. We have occasionally will hit the 20s, 
and then it usually warms up to the 60s. It's not getting out of the 40s for like two straight days. So when I tell you to pay attention to your local news and anyone that's saying anything about cold weather preparations, pay attention. To me, this is almost just as important as hurricane preparations. And the reason I say that is if you bust a pipe in your home, I mean, yeah, getting your roof ripped off and those types of things, a tree landing on your house, those are bad. I get it. Um, Christopher Jay's dealing with that himself. But having a pipe bust underneath your foundation, that's a whole nother level of bad. You think of getting your roof replaced sucks. Imagine having to have your foundation ripped up to find the leaky pipe. I'm just saying. And I will heed my own advice because there, I have to read up on it because obviously it's something that doesn't happen frequently around here. But uh, I want to say you leave the faucet on. I mean, it doesn't have to be running, but at least dripping, you know, to keep kind of water flowing so it won't freeze. Um, but nonetheless, do your own research. Pay attention to the weather, guys. And for the, those of you that are further north than Florida, and I'm talking Georgia and north, yeah, God help y'all, because it's about to be cold. I know you're cold now. It's about to be cold. <laughs> so, and even for the people that live up north, north, like, you know, way up north you guys know cold cold but it's about to be cold 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 if i'm stressing 20s and 40s in florida think about what you're looking at i think i saw a thing today where like in tennessee that area they're looking at negative numbers and that's something they haven't seen in decades so when i tell you it's going to be cold it's going to be cold so please pay attention to the weather guys Join us back here on Wednesday for more of the Clinton crime family, the men of cocaine cartel, and uh, and me. Other than that, guys, you have a great day, and I will talk to you again on Wednesday. See you later.